Hey, it's Zach Seaball, and you're listening to my episode of Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the show where we share the stories of creatives to inspire fellow creatives. I'm your host, Steph Pham. Nashville-based rising indie pop talent Zach Seaball is a cross between singer-songwriter and pop from the relatable perspective of a 24-year-old navigating with the complexities of young adulthood. Born in Marietta, Georgia, Seba got his start singing in his local church choir before picking up the guitar. Growing up heavily influenced by the likes of Ben Rector, Jack Johnson, and John Mayer, Seba pursued a music business degree at Middle Tennessee State University, where he continued dedicating himself to his craft of songwriting. We talk about his time in university, his journey on The Voice, and his single, Girl in a Coffee Shop. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Zach Seabaugh. Welcome to Popner Lounge. My guest today is Zach Seabaugh. Zach, thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. I'm excited to have this conversation. Well, I would like to open up the discussion about your recent single, Girl in the Coffee Shop, because as a hopeless romantic and as a oh, yeah. lover of romance novels and rom-coms, I connect with this single a whole lot. So tell us about the story behind it and did a series of misconnections in your life inspire this record or how did the concept come about? I, I think I romanticize life a little too much. A lot of it comes from a theater background and just falling into different narratives and, and seeing where it goes. and growing up with four sisters and me being the only boy in the middle. And so I, I think I dream a little too much when I, whenever I'm on an airplane or in any public space. And so that's really how the, the song came about, at least the idea. I was in a coffee shop here in Nashville and I was minding my business and just the lyrics that you hear just kind of started choking into my head. And I was like, oh, this could be something and just started writing the story about this random person that I'm seeing and I'll never talk to and I know nothing about, but so just kind of, it's a misconnection story really. So it may not be, it may not mean the same when you hear Birkenstocks and glasses and messy hair, but you can kind of put your own spin on it for what kind of misconnection that you can have. Um, And I think oftentimes, you know, when you're sitting in an airplane or in a coffee shop, you're kind of the main character and, and that's the energy. And um, so that's why I wanted to capture with this uh, with this story. And if our listeners haven't listened to it, check it out. It's so beautiful. I love the instrumentation of it. I loved how you incorporated like the natural sounds of the cafe in there. And it's just, yeah. it's just a whole like experience, I feel like. You created an experience with a single. Like you said, it's a lot of storytelling. And I think a lot of people are going to relate to it. And the thing is, too, is I'll, I'll be in situations and and think about those misconnections. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm a crazy person. Like, how creepy is it to, to think of someone like that? But I think it's something that we all fall into. Um, and so it's worth talking about and uh, in a way that is fun to listen to, I hope. Well, since we're talking about your music, I want to talk about your musical beginnings of your story. So what do you consider your musical roots? Roots? Well, it started in the church for me. I'm from Marietta, Georgia, and grew up in the church, and that was my first introduction to music. Outside of that, growing up, it was Top 40 radio, a lot of country radio. My family, we all had to play an instrument. I had started playing the guitar. I was in the choir, but it was all 
we, we need to learn music theory and just learn that as a language more than develop a passion about it. And so it wasn't till I think I was in going into middle school and my cousin gave me this Jack Johnson record. And for her, she was in college and that was like what she was listening to. And I thought it was the coolest thing because when you're a middle school aged boy looking at your college cousin, you're like, you're the coolest person ever. And it was the In Between Dreams record. And I listened to it top to bottom. I got the guitar books and everything. And I think that years later, it, it made sense when I started. I didn't start writing my own songs until I got to college. But that's really the roots when it comes to my songwriting and my sound would be like the Jack Johnson, Ben Rector, John Mayer. The, those are the guys that really got me fired up to, to want to chase this. You mentioned song, singer-songwriters like Jack Johnson, Ben Rector, and John Mayer. What's something that these artists have done that has opened your eyes to their creative process? You're like, that caught your eye and caught your attention. You're like, that's something that I want to incorporate whenever I'm creating. The vulnerability is, is the biggest thing in all of the lyrics. With Jack Johnson, I think you can hear melodically um, just how I, how I write my words and sing them. That's all from Jack and how he stumbles over things in such a cool way. But a lot of it's just the vulnerability and, and seeing how they're talking about really the same subject matter, but it's just in their authentic way. And I was like, I want to figure out how to do that as a kid growing up in Georgia and, and now living the life I live now. You mentioned going to university. For those who are creative and wondering if higher education is, for a creative career is worth it, what would you tell them? So that's an interesting question because a lot of my friends that you'll talk to that I work in music with, a lot of them never went to college or they never finished college. And that's completely fine. And, and they were able to build careers and they're passionate about what they do and they're good at what they do. For me, you know, you think of music and creating music and being passionate about that. And then there's a business side to music and you have to look at it with a business cap on. And for me, I was so young. When I was in Hollywood, I, I was on The Voice when I was in high school. And when I got off the show and I was like, well, I got to figure out what I'm going to do now. I got to start writing songs. And so I wanted to go to school and learn about the music business because I knew nothing about it. I knew about Hollywood and how film and television worked a little bit. But as far as the music industry, I, I didn't know, like, you got to have a team and you got to do all these things. And, and college for me and having a degree really helped me understand that a lot more. I met my manager at college, in college. And so for me, it was just a lot of young people that were hungry to chase the stream in music and I was able to meet a lot of them there so I would say go for it um, if you think that you've, you've got it figured out run and, and go do the thing some people can do that for me you know I, I didn't finish high school in person you know my, my last two years of high school were online and so I really wanted to have the environment of a college social life and all that stuff and so it, it helped me grow into my 20s a little bit more comfortably as opposed to just jumping right into the music business and not knowing <laughs> anything about it, you know? All I knew was how to sing and how to play guitar. So it helped a lot. I think it's just a, a good backbone to have both sides, like the creative side and like the music business side as well. Just because, like you said, finding out how you build a good team, 
and making those network connections, but also learning the ins and outs so that way you can be your own champion in certain situations because you never know who was authentically there for you in this industry. And so if you have some of the know-how of how this industry works, I think that's just like an insurance policy on yourself. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Whenever you study the music industry. Yeah, I I say go for it. If you can do it, if you're not, you know, if you haven't signed a record deal and and you're not touring all over the world, it gave me time to work on my craft because when I was really young, I was still searching for my sound. And, and every day I'm still doing that. And so as kind of a developmental thing, it, it gave me it gave me time to not work. You know, I was able to focus on school and I'm learning things that I can implement into my career. But I also had all the time in the world to write songs and experience life. And I needed to have that experience in order to have something to write about. Well, you mentioned this very influential album in your life, In Between Dreams by Jack Johnson. And yeah. if you had to pick one song off that album that you connect with the most today, what would it be? Oh man, that I connect with the most? Well, that album's interesting to me. Um, I, I love to write very heady, in-depth lyrics when it comes to stories. For Jack in in that album though, if I'm sad, I can turn it on and it's a background noise. If I'm happy, I can turn it on and it's a background noise. Banana Pancakes is on there and I mean, come on. You know, if I'm in a bad mood and I turn on Banana Pancakes, you can't be in a bad mood. And that's a song that will always, always be with me, yeah. I love banana pancakes and better together. I I feel everybody had that on their MySpace growing up. So yeah, better together is a good one too. (laughs) Such a such a great album. Like you said, I feel like it's one of the staples of singer songwriter albums, and it's just a masterclass of how to write vulnerable lyrics and really great set a really great soundtrack with it as well. Yeah, and the guitar part for banana pancakes. I mean, a lot of my a lot of the songs that I write now are based off of guitar parts that I come up with. And I don't think I would have fallen into that had it not been for for that song. Hey nerds, thank you for sticking around with us. We hope you're enjoying the episodes so far. We're always looking to improve the show, so any and all feedback you can give us is greatly appreciated. We're also constantly on the lookout for creatives to feature, so if you think you'd be perfect or know someone we should speak to, let us know. We can be reached over on our contact page at popnerdlounge.com Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the episode. Now, we mentioned a little bit before we officially got underway in our conversation, but we talked about collaborating with others. Do you prefer working on your own or do you enjoy collaborating with others? I love collaboration. I think that it builds community because this can be a very, very lonely job, you know, being an artist and a songwriter because, I mean, you can hide away I mean, this, it may look a little bit brighter than it is, but this is just a very dark studio and it's easy to get to get lost and, and bringing in people that you can collaborate with. It, it You can help bounce off ideas. And if I have a story or something I'm trying to get off my chest, they can hear me out and they come at it from a different direction. And I just, I love that about Nashville and the co-writing situations. And I get to do it with some of my best friends. And so it's it's so much fun, but... Before, every time I go into a session, I always try and bring some kind, if I'm the artist in the room, if we're writing for me that day, 
I try and bring some kind of idea, some kind of concept that I can talk about with everybody. So that's work that I have to do on my own. And a lot of ideas that I'll write about, like Girl in a Coffee Shop, it was something that I had to sit and, and work with before I brought it to B-Sam's to, to finish writing it and produce it. Uh, and so, yes to both sides of that question. Yeah. I, I've never, I think Girl in the Coffee Shop was really one of the first songs that I had. It was just me and one other person in the room and they allowed me to sit there and, re, you know, B-Sam's knew that I was onto something and he he let me just kind of run wild and, and paint that picture. And then sometimes I'll go in, like today I was in a write and I had this idea that I just couldn't fully wrap my head around and I had brought to a bunch of different people and they were the ones that helped me unpack the idea and it worked out great. And so had it not been for that collaboration, maybe the song wouldn't be written. Does that happen often wherever you run into a wall or you get creatively stuck, you open up ideas and you, you turn to your fellow writers for you know a way to, I guess, look at it in a different perspective? Yeah, I, I have to allow myself to trust the other people that are in the room with me or else I don't know why they're there. And a lot of times uh, one idea leads to another and then you're writing about a story that is completely different from what you started with. But with the people that I write with, they allow me in my mind to go down a bunch of dead end roads about this idea and what I'm trying to say. And then we pick the best one that makes the most sense. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting process. You write... Today there was a song that we were writing about and completely changed the perspective of the storyteller. But it was better for the song and we always want it to be for the better of the song and not the ego in the room. Now we're talking a lot about collaborations and working with people and you're based in Nashville. So for those who are looking to go to Nashville to become an artist, where should they go to meet fellow writers, fellow artists and musicians? Yeah. So I had a lot of influential people early on when I first got to Nashville and I would meet with anybody I could meet with. It was, hey, can we go get coffee? Or there's, there's tons of songwriters rounds where you can meet tons of songwriters. You can, once you have enough songs, you can go sit in on those rounds and people hear your song. They're like, I think I can write good stuff with with that person. So early on for me, it was hey man, I, I really like what you're doing. I, I'd love to get your number and connect. And I wouldn't even say we should write. It's just, I, I'd love to get to know your story and what you're doing. And doing that for, I mean, it's been seven years now. I've been able to build a community of people. And this world in Nashville and in music in general is so small. And so treat everybody with kindness and and you'll get in the room when it makes sense. But find people that are at the same level as you and work on your craft. And if you surround yourself with people that are passionate about what you're doing and you're passionate about what they're doing, then I think the sky's the limit, especially in a town like this. Such great advice. And I think I was talking to another artist and he was saying, definitely do collaborate with people on your level because you guys not only bounce ideas off each other, but it's also like good work and building up your muscles before you collaborate with somebody who's been a veteran and been super experienced in the industry. Did you find that to be true as well? 
Yeah, and I'm grateful that I had people in my life that told me. They were like, you're, you're not where you need to be quite yet to write with these people that you want to write with. And still to this day, I wake up hungry trying to get to that point. Um, I, I had a bucket list right yesterday with two writers that I uh, respect very highly. And I had to strap up my boots and really show up and, and show them what I got. Because at the end of the day, when you're an artist in a writer's room, they're there for you. And so you really, you know, you got to be able to steer the ship in some way. But then there's also times where you got to know how to, okay, these guys are veterans. They know what they're doing. And so being able to work the room at the right tempo, it it can really help click and and make a song really special. But uh, it it happens when you don't even know it's happening. And and the people, what's special with me and, and when I first got to Nashville is all the people that I met early on, no one had a publishing deal. They, they had nothing, they just wanted to write. And they're all killing it writing, you know, number one songs and they've got songs on the radio now. Uh, and so I think if you're just honest with your work and what you're doing, then you'll, you'll open doors that you thought would be shut for longer, you know. Earlier, you had mentioned that you did a stint on The Voice and you were a semi-finalist. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that is kind of like a crash course or like a big summer camp on steroids in live performance. And so what did you take away from that experience that you still carry with you today? The performance aspect was was probably the biggest thing because the music I'm I'm putting out now and my writing process it, it has nothing to do with that kid that was on stage in Hollywood singing country songs. When I had had auditioned for that show. I was coming from a theater background, so live performance was my thing. Um, It wasn't until after the show that I started writing my own songs. Um, But they taught me a lot. I was, you know, when you're 17 years old and you're getting up in front of millions of people, you you gotta not act like a fool up there. And so it gave me a crash course in being a professional in that kind of environment. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have had that experience when I had it and not now it being, you know, if it was right now and I was having that for the first time, my anxiety would be out of the roof. And so it, it, uh, it definitely got me ready for, for what's to come. Now talking to you, I can feel like you've built such a foundation, not only as a singer songwriter, but as a performer, knowing what you know now, what would, what would be something that you would tell yourself when you're just starting out in music? listen to yourself and and trust your gut i'm in such songwriter mode right now so i'll I'll talk about songwriting a lot but you know i could be in a room and have these ideas in my head and i feel so insecure to talk about them because i don't think they're good or something and when i finally have the courage to to say something and speak up whether it's a melody or an idea uh, you know you end up stumbling on something really great and so i think you have to trust yourself and Again, like I was saying, go down those dead end roads, you know, write a hundred bad songs to get the one good song. And it could be the same story that you're talking about. I've written the same story a million times. And so I would just tell myself to be confident in what it is that I'm doing. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be in this situation if I wasn't supposed to be. And every day I wake up and, and try and have that mentality that just keep working and, and be honest about what you're doing. And that's always on stage in between songs the conversations i have with the crowd it's always just 
we're just having a conversation and whether it's on stage or in a song it's that's all you're doing what are you looking forward to in the upcoming year because you've been releasing music quite consistently this year and yeah i want to know what you look forward to in the upcoming year this past year was the first year of really releasing music as the Zach Seaball that hopefully everybody knows by now. And I've learned so much through these releases from a creative standpoint, from social media and, and being able to interact with new people that I didn't know were listening to my music. It's just stepping stones into next year and the music that I have behind the scenes that no one's heard yet. And I'm just so excited to be able to release that stuff and what those songs talk about and and just the chapter of life that I was in when I wrote them it's just my favorite thing ever when I can when I can finally give it to the world so I'm really looking forward to that well we're looking forward to it as well you've got some a great catalog going on right now and so we're looking forward to new music next year so we'll definitely be keeping an eye on your new release do it please yes now, my final question for you, which I can't believe, it's just been so, like we've mentioned, you're so chill, and this has just been such an enjoyable conversation, but my last question for you is, why are you a creative? I thought you were going to ask some dumb question, like spaghetti or rice or something, so thank you. I'll do an interview, and they'll do something like that. I'm like, oh, is, this, is this how we're going to end it? Why am I a creative? You know, it struck me when I was in college, I was in a class and I saw all these people saying, I want to be this, I want to be this. And I just, ever since, I guess my mind developed to where I could understand it myself, I've always been that way. I've always, when I was a kid, we would go to theater shows and I would just, I was like, that set is real in my mind. Like I can see I can see that in my head. And when I listened to music, I could cry. And it was that that I just knew. I was like, yeah, I can. It wasn't until I I developed the confidence to know that I could create myself. But I think that's always been a part of me. I've always looked at things a different way. And, you know, how, how can we look at this a different way? How can we take this apart and put it back together? And that's I feel like it's always been in me. Music has always been a part of my life. Um, but yeah, why am I creative? I don't know. I ask myself every day. Sometimes, you know, th- th- this life is great and I-, I can't complain. And then there's some rainy days where I'm just like, why me? Why me? You know, I, I miss my family a whole lot. And, and sometimes that question comes up of like, why am I doing this here? And, and it's not, it's not a matter of, you know, I, I think if I quit pursuing this as a career, I would still be writing songs. I would still, I'd, I'd still be doing what I'm doing now. I hope I could get, I wish I could give you a better answer than that, but. No, no, I found it really relatable because everybody kind of has along those lines of, we just can't see ourselves doing anything else. Like we've connected to it. It's just kind of like an unspoken thing that the universe has like, you know, given us is that we have this thing where we want to connect with, human beings we want to make that connection we want to tell stories tell narratives whether it's stories that we made up life experiences and so yeah it's just kind of that that human experience of that we're, we were just made to do this yeah and I, I think it comes 
at different moments in life where you're reminded why. And lately with the songs I've been releasing and hearing the messages from people literally across the world, the fact that they've listened to my music and how they've resonated with it or they're going through exactly what I'm talking about or I cannot believe you just put into words what I've been thinking. And that's that's my whole thing is I want to write songs that you're thinking but you don't know how to say. Uh, and, you know, if I'm an accountant or I, I'm on stage, I'm, I'm always going to be writing songs and, and telling my story. So as long as people will listen. <laughs> We're definitely going to listen. And I was going to tell you from the beginning, so this is like a little side tangent, but I'm in the process where I have like an idea. It's like in the idea, ideation phase, but I'm like writing a novel and I feel like Girl in the Coffee Shop would be like a perfect soundtrack to the novel that I'm writing. Hey. Or like if it becomes like a screenplay or whatever into a movie, I'm definitely yeah. up to you for sync licensing and using that song. <laughs> hey, go for it. I, I would love to. I, I Every song that I write, there's a movie in my head. And so I'm not quite at the point where I can make those movies myself, but I can at least write the lyrics of, of what it is that it'll be about. So that's, thank you for saying that. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Zach, this has just been such a pleasure, a genuine pleasure. I've had a great time speaking with you. I'm going to turn the floor over to you, and you can tell our listener where to find you on social media, where they can find your music, and anything else you'd like to plug. Social media is just Zach Seaball. Hopefully my name's listed so you know how to spell it. Seaball is a weird name. But yeah, follow me on, on Instagram. is probably the most active place that you can you can find me and get to know me. And then my music's on any platform that you wish to listen to music on. So I'm always, I'm always responding to people's messages. I love getting to know the listeners and, and why it is or how they found me. So if that's you, reach out. Let me know that, that you listen to the podcast. And yeah, thanks for being here. Special thanks to Zach for being this week's guest. If you want to learn more about Zach, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is executively produced by Vico and Steph Pham. Vico serves as the creative director and Steph Pham is the host and editor. To find out more information about Popner Lounge, visit our website, popnerlounge.com. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you join us next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm your host, Steph Pham. <laughs>